Could a shoe throw equal a co-SEC East with both Georgia and Florida with two losses now? A tough SEC-only schedule spins the coaching carousel. All this and more this week on SEC Fan Talk. Welcome to SEC Fan Talk, the show by SEC fans for SEC fans and your source for all SEC news, stats, scores, and more. Want to be a guest host? Sign up today at secfantalk.com. And now for your hosts, Brandon Berg, Luke Alsop, and Brad Rush. Hello there, listeners. As always, you have myself, Brandon Berg. Tonight, just having in Mr. Luke Alsop, we have reached the end of the regular SEC season, Luke. It's been a fun one. I uh, I mean, for for some, yeah. Um, not if you're a Florida Gator fan. I mean, it's I don't even know where to begin. He st- he started off right into it. Uh, just sore about the Gators. We'll hit a little bit of news. We're going to change it up and get the basketball in first, considering that's fixing to take the spotlight. Uh, hit some rankings. We'll, we'll uh, skip the audible this week and go into last week's games and this week's games, uh, closing out the season. First off the news, we already have, uh, even though we teased you a little bit there with that, um, that intro, having a co-SEC East with both Georgia and Florida, two losses. Vandy and Georgia game has been canceled for this week. Um, and definitely, Vandy cannot field enough players. Evidently, they couldn't get enough soccer players to come over and play quarterback and cornerback. <laughs> <laughs> so, the PR stunt is over. Vandy goes out winless on the season. Other big news, of course, by now everyone knows that the Gus bus has pulled out of Auburn. Gus was with them from 2013 up through this year. He uh, he went 68 for 35 total. Got a couple interesting stats here for you, Luke. Eight for 17 against rivals. You know, and people, some people are, you know, why is he gone? Why is he gone? Others... You know, half the the other half of the Auburn fans are, oh, he needs to be gone. Um, eight for seven against rivals is a big one. Two and five versus Bama since 2013. One and seven against Georgia. Okay, he he was 40 and 28 in the conference, not horrible. 30 and 18 in the West, only 10 and 10 in the East. Here's another big number that pushes for that, relieving him of his duties. Two and five in bowls okay the only two that he won one was in 2015 in the birmingham bowl against memphis tigers and then again in 2018 in the music city bowl against purdue of course he did have the one sec championship under his belt in 2013 but hey we know whose team that really was it wasn't his brad talks about uh chiswick yeah they're not you know they're known for dropping them out uh before they should have I was I was actually really shocked that Auburn let Malzahn go. 
To me, a move like that only indicates that Auburn has somebody already ready to go. Um, I just don't think that you get rid of a coach like Malzahn, uh, especially with his buyout. Um, but but yeah, I mean, you you can't refute those numbers. Those are atrocious numbers. And Auburn fans cut him a little bit of slack over the years um, just for the mere fact that he beat Alabama a couple of times. And, you know, it's one of those things that Auburn, well, you can lose every game, but if you can beat Nick Saban in Alabama, they're probably going to give you a contract extension. But, uh, but yeah, the, uh, the, gu- the Gus bus, it, uh, it crashed into an embankment and, you know, he was dancing in the locker room all happy after the game on Saturday and then come find out that he was fired about 12 hours later. So no more sweater vests down on the plains. Hell, the Waffle House might shut down in Auburn. In the football rankings, only four teams in the top 25, including number one, Alabama. Number five, Texas A&M. Number seven, Florida. Number eight, Georgia. Of course, the only team that really matter now is Alabama and possibly A&M, depending on how other people's games play out this weekend. A&M, you know, they they might be able to to backdoor their way into the playoffs. Um, I'd actually ran into Brad, and we kind of talked about this a little bit. You know, A and M is is sitting in a really nice position. Um, they they could they could backdoor their way into this playoff, uh, depending on um, how this uh, Clemson Notre Dame game goes. Uh, you know, they, it, it's it's really all going to come down to that um, as far as which teams which are which teams are going to be in the final four. I agree. I agree. In SEC basketball, before we get back into football, SEC Week 4 AP rankings now include both Tennessee moved up to number 10 and now entering Missouri at number 16. Tonight's game gave, uh, which being Tuesday night, y'all listen to this Wednesday, so (laughs) Tuesday night's game gave Tennessee their third straight win and should climb in the rankings drastically after that. with Gonzaga sitting up at just three and zero, and then there's some others in there with a one loss. If Tennessee, uh, you know, being um, undefeated, they should definitely climb. In the SEC rankings, Arkansas still leads the pack, six and zero, followed by Georgia and Missouri at five and zero. Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Vandy wrapping up that undefeated column. Meanwhile, the big story is the always dominant Kentucky, who is now one in four, and the pressure is really dialed up on their program to get better. They've got to do something. Their recent loss was to Notre Dame, and they play one more game. They've had one that has been postponed, which will end up, uh, I think they play UCLA or someone, before entering a really tough all-SEC play, something that they usually dominate but probably won't happen this year. The most important thing that happened, um, I think, in basketball this this past weekend went past weekend was um, Keontae Johnson uh, fall into the court. Um, he just collapsed 
during the Florida Florida State game. You know, he's Florida's probably the best player on their team, and uh, you know he just he collapsed and. Uh, word has it that he is out of critical condition right now. It's in an unstable condition. So, you know, thoughts are with uh, that young man and and his his family. And, and you know, you just you, you hate to see that, and you hope for a speedy recovery for the young man. Most certainly, yeah. I just just saw the news there that he is most definitely in the stable condition and will be speaking with parents and doctors and so forth to see, uh, you know, looking forward. Meanwhile, in the SEC women's, the lady SEC team still hold five spots in the AP rankings with South Carolina at number five, Kentucky and A&M at nine and 10, Arkansas and Mississippi State at 12 and 13, respectively. A&M still undefeated in the SEC with a 7-0 record. Kentucky ladies with a 6-0 record. Who would have thought that the Kentucky ladies would be uh, uh, casting the shadow on the men's? Alabama, Georgia, and Old Miss wrap up the undefeated column at 5-0. Congratulations again, ladies, for holding us up in the SEC and holding those five spots, something that the uh, men's have been unable to do as it sits right now. So moving back into SEC football, let's go into last week's games. Of course, our shortest chat, Luke, is probably going to be the biggest <laughs> margin of a win of the of the weekend, which was, of course, number one Alabama scoring 52, moving to 10-0 and on Arkansas. Uh, who only scored three and fall to three and seven. Mac Jones, 24 for 29, 208 yards added with 216 yards on the ground. Really not that much yardage offensively compared to someone like Florida. But, you know, Luke, when you have that excellent field position and you score fast, it doesn't really matter, you know. Uh, Franks, he only went eight for 10 and 90 yards. They had less than 100 yards rushing. And I'll say this, uh, you know, Pittman's crew, although they looked much, much better this year, Saban and, and Alabama, they come in, they do what Alabama does and just absolutely destroyed them. For one thing, I am surprised at the fact that Mac Jones didn't have bigger numbers than what he had. I thought that, you know, Saban was going to try to push for him um, in this Heisman race and was was hoping to to really air it out with him, try to get him a bunch of touchdowns to catch Trask. Um, but that turned out to not be the case. Um, but, but I tell you what, this, you know, maybe jumping a little bit ahead, it just goes to show you that Nick Saban is in a class all by himself in all of college football history. Because you look at a team like Arkansas, who has shown vast improvements from last year, but let's be honest, Alabama could have started all of their freshmen and still probably beat Arkansas by at least two touchdowns. It's just that big of a talent gap. But having said that, they did not lose focus, you know, like another team, you know, 
coming in to play another th- three and five team, they didn't lose focus in that game. And they knew that they had to get the job done. And, and that's exactly what they did. And, you know, it, it all goes back to a lot of these teams pretty much always take on kind of the persona of their coach and, and Saban is all business all the time. And Alabama took that mindset against Arkansas and they just said, you know what, this, this is just a, a, another Saturday where we have to handle our business to get to where we want to go. Moving it on to our next game there, Georgia uh, puts 49. We <laughs> we all picked Georgia, but uh, I do believe maybe, one, you know, there at a time we, uh, you know, said it could have been an upset. You know, Mizzou has, has been playing well, and it could have been an upset. Looking at this game at halftime, could you, you know, it could lead you to believe that Mizzou could come in there and, uh, oh, well, not come in there, they were at home, but, uh, could could upset Georgia. Um, coming into the second half, two rushing touchdowns, which one was for 43 yards, and then a passing touchdown by Daniels in the third quarter. That basically just wrote the whole game. Daniels was 16 for 27, 299 yards, three touchdowns, and then another four rushing touchdowns separated those teams as Basilak was only 17 for 28, 139 yards, and a pick. Roundtree, <laughs> AARP Roundtree, was held to 16 yards, and one play was for nine. So that tells you how ineffective Mizzou's run game was against that uh, enormous defensive line of Georgia. Yeah, I was really surprised at the the outcome of the final score of this game. Um, I really thought that Missouri was kind of on a little bit of a heater, and you know they were starting to look like a a a, a pretty dang good football team. And um, you know Georgia was kind of at that stage where you know how were they going to handle themselves knowing that they weren't going to be playing in the SEC championship game? Were they just going to kind of um, I don't know, kind of give a half-hearted effort uh, against Missouri, but they didn't. You know, they did. They struggled a little bit in that first half, and yeah, you thought Missouri might actually have a chance to uh, to pull this out, but but the dogs are just too much for them, and uh, and and yeah, it's. I really moral of the stories. I really thought Missouri was going to give Georgia a better game than what they did, but. They just got the doors blown off of them. They did. It was the tale of Tennessee and Georgia where Mizzou only played the first half kind of like Tennessee did. Georgia seems to find their way in the second half and, uh, you know, make people pay for it. Speaking of Tennessee, that is the third and final game that we got correct last week uh, in our picks. Tennessee 42, Vanderbilt 17, Vanderbilt falling to 0 and 9 while Tennessee improves to 25%. 3 for 6. Uh, Tennessee does stick with the game plan that Pruitt put out, and they do play two quarterbacks during the game. Bailey, I thought, did a fantastic job. Of course, it is against Vanderbilt, but he went 14 for 18. 
207 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, JT Shrout come in, went six for 13, 90 yards, another two touchdowns, and then a pick. Uh, meanwhile, Seals over at Vanderbilt went 22 for 39, 239 yards, two touchdowns, and gave up a pick six. Not too much to say about this game other than Tennessee didn't lose it. <laughs> and and yes. that allows Pruitt to hold on to his job for another week. <laughs> he uh, Luke, he needs to look good losing this week. Um, if that doesn't tell my pick for this week, that's that's something. But he needs to look good losing this week in order not to join the other three head coaches that have been fired in the SEC this year. Yeah, I mean, he, he turned it around just in time. Um, you know, it is Vanderbilt, and I I, I know Tennessee fans are – I think there were a lot of Tennessee fans that were actually hoping that the Vols were going to lose this game so they could part ways with Jeremy Pruitt. But I think that idea might be a little bit premature. Um, they've got a hill to climb you know that's for sure but there is some glimmer of hope there um it's not like they're completely devoid of talent uh it's it's just whether they're whether or not they can get all those pieces to come together um but yeah the the vols finishing strong and uh you know vandy i think this was the first time in Vanderbilt's history where they did not win a single football game. And uh, after watching them play a couple of times, it's no surprise that they didn't. Well, they're going to get pulled all together when, uh, who'd you say was going <laughs> to come in and coach them? Luke Bryan or somebody? <laughs> oh, uh uh, yeah, when they hire uh, Keith Urban to to be the coach, <laughs> Keith when Keith Urban comes in, uh, yeah, <laughs> Vanderbilt will be <laughs> they they still might have a zero win record, but their 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 dances coming uh, into the end zone or coming out onto the field or halftime will look fantastic. There'll be tons of music. We'll uh, skip over this one here. We'll talk about the Florida game last. Let's roll into the Auburn 24, Mississippi State 10. Auburn increases to 6-4 and four on the year. Mississippi State falls to 2-7. and seven. Bum Nicks, 15 for 32, 125 yards and a TD, has to lean on his defense to win this game. The air raid... Offense led by Will Rogers went 30. This blows my mind. I, I cannot say this without smiling every week. Rogers, who goes 30 for 51, 221 yards and a touchdown, was picked twice by Auburn. And you had, had mentioned this a little earlier, but every time that I mention the firing of Gus Malzahn, I've been told that I was crazy. And it wasn't going to happen, even on this show. No, they're not going to do it. It's you know, He's not going to get fired. He beats Alabama every other year, blah, blah, whatever it is. And I agree with you. This is what you had said earlier. For him to be let go after a win 
Okay, he's he's done with the season. He finished over 500. It was a tough season. You know, er, everyone had their problems with COVID and all that other. For him to be let go after that win, I definitely think that it means the AD has someone lined up. And we'll see. We'll see. The news will come out and shock the world, you know. And speaking of news to come out and shock the world, move into that final game because the Ole Miss and Texas A&M game was originally postponed and then canceled out. Uh, Moving into that last game to talk about, one that Florida, as you say, should have just um, said, nah, we're not going to do it. I agree with you on that. The LSU... 37, Florida 34, LSU improving to 4 and 5, Florida falling to 8 and 2. Again, guys, Kyle Trask throws for 474 yards on 29 completions of 47 attempts. Two completions were for touchdowns, but he also threw two picks. Only 135 yards on the ground for the Gators, while LSU only had 181. The freshman, Mr. Johnson, went 21 for 36, 239 yards, and three touchdowns. The game was ultimately decided by turnovers. You know, as as most tough matchups are, it's the turnover game that does it. Yep. I think, personally, Florida seriously mis- misjudged um, the then, they had then three win LSU Tigers. They They really misjudged them. And that hurt. I mean, as much as the headline is, oh, the kid threw the shoe, it shouldn't have been that close. If Florida was playing Florida football that they have shown all year long that they can do, that bonehead move of throwing a shoe 40 yards wouldn't have mattered. I mean, it it should. And then for Dan Mullins to come out and say that, it flew out of his hands while he was celebrating. Come on, Dan, come on. I don't even know where to even begin with this. I mean, the entire thing was just a train wreck. And, you know, it all has to fall on Mullen. Like I was saying about Saban earlier, the teams take on the persona of their head coaches and you know, Mullen, he is an elite coach, but there's just something lacking in the discipline of that team. And there's been numerous games this year where the first half Florida has looked off balance. Their defense has looked atrocious um, you know, they, I don't know if they've put together a full game all season, but this past Saturday, I mean, I can't remember a bigger upset in, in college football, especially not in conference play. I mean, I, I can't, I can't think over the last, you know, two decades, a bigger upset than than LSU beating Florida. I mean, not only not only was LSU not good this year at all, but the somewhat decent players that they actually had on their defense were out. They were starting freshmen back there in the secondary that hadn't played all season. 
and you know it, it it's it's kind of forgivable i mean certain things are forgivable trask was eventually going to have a bad game and it it just so happens that he had it against lsu and you know mullen it just infuriates me because Kyle Pitt, Mullen wanted to be cute. And what I mean by cute is he didn't think the risk for Pitts to get hurt playing against LSU was worth it. So he sat him during this game. And to me, that decision is kind of – I really kind of understand it. Florida should have been able to beat LSU by three touchdowns without Pitts being there. I mean, Pitts missed two games this season already, and Florida had no trouble finishing the game out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it it all started with that. And then, you know, the pick six, and then LSU gets that lucky, uh, lucky bounce off the helmet. Um and but you know it's all about turnovers. You can't turn the ball over three times in scoring position, um, even against a three and five team, uh, and and expect to win. And you know Marco Wilson. You know a lot of people say, "Well, I feel feel bad for the kid. He's catching all this heat and blah blah blah." No. There's no excuse in what he did. Um, and, you know, I I say this in a, about half kidding, but not really. He might have taken a beating both physically and mentally from his teammates after the game over that um, because there was just there was just no excuse in that. And I, I can't remember if it was you, Brandon, or if I was was Brad or somebody that I was talking with. If if I would have been Dan Mullen, I would have two days leading up to the LSU game, I would have said, you know what, we've got COVID problems, we can't play. They had absolutely nothing to gain by playing that game out and everything to lose. So, I mean, you could say what you will about that kind of thought process, but at the same time, the way I look at it now is if I'm Alabama, I mean, there's really no reason for them to play any of their starters in the SEC championship game because it's not going to matter. I mean, even if Florida beats them, they're still going to go to the national, they're still going to go to the playoffs. So, I mean, if I'm Nick Saban, I'm sitting Najee Harris, Matt Jones, every one of my starters is going to be set because they, uh, to me, there's no reason for him to even play. Um, but yeah, it just, I mean, I've, I haven't been that mad at a football game well since i would say since 2009 sec championship game when alabama beat florida but you know that brings up some bad memories as well but but yeah to do something as stupid as throw a shoe 30 yards downfield um on a third and nine 
that was going to turn around and give the ball back to Florida. It's just, I mean, it is inexcusable. And, you know, Gator, Gator Nation, they will never forgive Marco Wilson for that. I mean, you know, it's just you, – you just can't do it. And Mullen, he – I mean, half of me says, yeah – I have respect for him because he wasn't going to throw Wilson under the bus. He's not going to throw Todd Grantham under the bus. He's a loyal coach. Um, He sticks up for his players no matter what. But at the same time, you know, it it just goes back to that team mentality. And, you know, when you make excuses for players like that, then they think they can – that that's acceptable behavior. And if you think for a second, Nick Saban would have let anything like that slide. Marco Wilson would have been walking home and not sit, not put on a jersey, <laughs> you know, for the rest of the season. <laughs> and Todd Grantham would have had uh, his house already packed up by, you know, what is it, big guys movers yeah. or whatever it is. I mean, his, <laughs> his stuff would have been loaded up in boxes by the time he got home too. So, yeah, there's just – there's no excuse in it. and it is it's the biggest loss that florida has had since 2009 wilson played a very very good game up until that point uh when you when you look at some of the key plays that he made during the game and just getting excited and making a stupid stupid bonehead move that would have put the ball in your hands with uh right at two minutes and kyle trask uh being who he is is going to take advantage of that so that it stinks for him doing that. Uh, like you said, it, it, you know, they were not prepared. They came in not prepared. Hey, this is LSU. They suck. They've only won three games this year. We're going to dominate. Uh, we're going to sit some stars. You know, everything that you said to recap uh, was was their mistake, and they just, you know, unprepared. Yeah, and, yeah and then they now, were. Now they, they completely unprepared, and and uh, it was. I've been watching Marco Wilson for the last three years, and for him to do something like that was so out of character. Um, I mean, I, I could expect that from some of the other players, but when it came from him, I mean, it was just it was just shocking. And you know, he's he's going to have to live with that for. I mean, he's he's never going to be able to live that down. I mean, <laughs> no, and and the bad th- bad part about it is, is if they go in and beat that, uh, I think it's a seventeen point spread for Alabama. If they go in there and beat Alabama, they're still not going to be in the college football playoffs. No, no, there's 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 no way. And and if I'm Kyle Pitts, there's no way I'm playing in that game. I am not going to risk tens of millions of dollars to play in a now meaningless football game there there's there's no reason for him to play um you know so so i mean i I would love to to see to see him out there one more time but you know you got to look at the kid's future and he's got a bright future ahead of him and he's probably he's going to be a first round draft choice and you know most definitely and so why why risk that in a game that now means nothing 
you know you uh, people can people can say you know well that's not for the good of the team and blah 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 and all that stuff no no there's too much on the line for him and and yeah there's there's just there's no there is zero upside to him playing yeah so what you won an sec championship you had Won an SC, you won the championship and had uh, no way to get into the playoffs. So I yeah. agree with you on that. He needs yeah. to, and, and to move same, on. Yeah, at the same time, you know, winning an SEC championship, especially beating Alabama, is a huge deal. I mean, that, that's a massive deal. And, you know, it, it would be great if Florida could manage to upset Alabama, but – but you got to look at the season as a whole and know that now this game means nothing. And, you know, even, even if Florida came out and played the best game that they've played all season and they beat Alabama handedly, to me, you still can't let them in because to me, there's no excuse. There's no team that should be in the final four teams that lost to a three and five football team. There's no way. Correct. Correct. Speaking of losing to teams all over, we'll jump into uh, SEC Week 13, the final week here. A couple of makeup games going on as well as the SEC Championship games. Kind of weird. It's cool that you have games leading up to it. You know, you're not just sitting around um, doing whatever, (laughs) preparing for the big game. Uh, you're not forced to watch other conferences because you could watch your own conference. Number five, Texas A&M traveling to Knoxville facing Tennessee. That is a noon Eastern game on ESPN. Uh, A&M picked with a 14 and a half point uh, favor over Tennessee. And I, that depending on which, which A&M team shows up and if Mond is uh, – you know, realizes that if they go in here and slaughter Tennessee and Alabama loses, A&M could have a shot, you know, very slim. Some other things would have to happen outside the conference, but, you know, they're they're now in line if a whole bunch of things happen. Yeah. Uh, and they actually, come in, they're, they're going to have to slaughter Tennessee. Yeah, actually, you know, I don't think too terribly many things have to happen for A&M to, to backdoor their way into the playoffs. I mean, it, here's the way I look at it. Alabama's in regardless. They're going to beat Florida, um, no doubt. Um, it, it all comes down to that. So, that, so you're saying Ohio State and Northwestern and then Clemson and Notre Dame? I mean, if, if Clemson hands Notre Dame their one loss, they've only lost to each other. Right, but – but having said that, if if Clemson goes out there and throttles Notre Dame by three touchdowns with Trevor Lawrence being back, you know, then, you know, it, it's – A&M is going to have a legitimate argument that, you know, and if they go out and they beat tw- Tennessee by 28 points on Saturday, you know, they're going to have a legitimate argument – to to get in as, as, as over a Notre Dame or you know what if Ohio State only beats Northwestern by by you know three or seven points or something like that um, you know so so they uh, Ohio State catches all the breaks Northwestern will have to beat them to kick them out 
Yeah, which is just, I mean, it, it's it's pathetic. The the entire they're not even Ohio State's not even supposed to be playing in this game this weekend. No, they've already bent the rules for them once. Yeah, of course, of course they did, and and no logical person can can argue that they should be there with you know playing five or six games, and and literally the only team well. If they beat Northwestern, they will have beat two teams out of the six that they played that actually had a record above 500. So every other team they beat had a losing record. So, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. They're even humoring the thought of, of letting them in there. Um, but at the same time, now that Florida's out of it, you know, I, I thought Florida was, was one of the four best teams, you know. Why not let Ohio State in and, I, you know, let them get throttled by Alabama or Clemson one. Mm-hmm. So on this A&M and Tennessee game, being that uh, I thought I – well, we all picked the same thing last week. I, somewhere in the season, I was trying to uh, swap over and make up some ground on you two guys. Uh, that did not happen. So I'm going to pick Tennessee to win this game. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't know a score. I have no, you know, we'll call it 28-17. Uh, Shoot, I don't know. Maybe maybe a overtime game winning field goal, something like that. Um, you know, or, or twenty eight, twenty four, something something in the, in that nature. But Pruitt really needs the win. I think he's going to beg his guys <laughs> to go out there and play for him. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna. He said, "Look, y'all want someone that dances in the in the clubhouse uh, locker room like Gus Malzahn? I'll dance. Y'all go out there and win, and I'll dance in my boxers, my <laughs> UT boxers that Fulmer gave me for Christmas." Hey, if he if uh, if he has the same luck that Malzahn had, he might be looking for another job if they catch him dancing in the locker room. Um, you know, <laughs> but, you know, I think it would be hilarious if Tennessee did beat them because I can't stand Jimbo Fisher, but that's just me personally. Um, I always kind of liked A&M, but that guy on the other but. hand. But, yeah, I, I do not like Jimbo. I think, he's a, a, I think he's a good coach. The guy just gets on my nerves. Um, but, uh but yeah, I I got to take A and M in this game, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know I would be ecstatic if if Tennessee did beat them. I just think it would be hilarious. So if, if we're we're predicting that, let's go ahead and predict Brad's picks too, because I don't have them yet, and I'm gonna say he picks A and M on this game. Uh, yeah, it's probably a pretty safe bet. He's in <laughs> words with Brad, he would say they're probably gonna hang a fifty burger on him. <laughs> oh, so uh, moving on to the first 3.30 uh, Eastern game of two of them. The first one being Ole Miss at LSU. And regardless of what LSU just accomplished this last week, I'm still going to pick Lane Kiffin and company to go in there and say, yeah, you beat Florida, but sit down and watch this. 
Yeah. Um, and I think I think Ole Miss just blows the doors off of them. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I, I think Ole Miss is just going to – they're going to score a bunch of points on them. And, you know, they're the, – the worst – the more that they beat LSU, the worse it's going to look for Florida. So I, I'm taking LSU. I mean, uh, I'm taking Ole Miss in this game as well. Um, I think that, uh, you know, but Ole Miss's defense isn't very good, and LSU's offense at least was producing somewhat under Johnson. So, you know, it's probably going to be quite a few points scored in this game. But, but yeah, I mean, I would take – I'd take Ole Miss to to beat them by it, you know, two touchdowns. I think Brad would pick Ole Miss as well. Yeah, I think he's given up hope on LSU. Yeah, and you know everybody had given up hope on him until past Saturday. <laughs> you know, the other three thirty Eastern game on the SEC alternates network is Mizzou at Mississippi State, and there is no doubt about it that. Uh, in my mind, that Mizzou beats them. I uh, think they have plenty of air raid uh, tape to watch and make adjustments accordingly, and Mizzou pulls out that one. Yeah, I got to agree with you again. You know, I think Mizzou, I think they rebound after uh, after the beating they took from Georgia this past Saturday and you know they turned it around and and come out with a, a uh, another win against a struggling Mississippi State team and moving on to that final eight o'clock big one would have been a big one the the, the 8 Eastern CBS SEC Championship game in Atlanta, Georgia, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, as usual. Probably sponsored by Chick-fil-A. Let's not change it up. Let's keep it the same every year. I am definitely have to go. I would love the East, okay, to, to pull out with an SEC Championship. But Saban and company... You know, they've got all the momentum, everything that they need. The five-star riding pine. They've they've got the whole package sitting there in Alabama. And I've got to go Alabama. And probably by two touchdowns, maybe even a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's being generous to Florida, you know. I I really thought that I thought that for the last two weeks that that Florida had been doing nothing but preparing for Alabama, and that goes to show you what happens whenever you overlook a team. Um, and so Florida is going to be. I mean, they're so deflated right now. It, it doesn't matter how much Mullen tries to 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 get their mind into this game, th- they all know what they lost, you know, so. Well, I mean, he's going to have Kyle Trask, you know, right beside him hyping everybody up because Trask goes in and puts in a good performance in this game and comes close or even, you know, or even upsets him. He's got to be locking in the Heisman with that. Yeah, I mean – 
the the kid only played one bad game all season, and that was this past Saturday. And he still managed to throw for what four hundred yards or something like that in the game. Um, and yeah, four thirty five. Yeah, and you know he had three turnovers, and you know they were all in LSU territory. One of them, you know, was on the what LSU five yard line or something like that. And then you have the pick six, and you know, but you know. You take away that one bad game, he still performed, you know, fairly well. And he's way ahead of Mac Jones and everybody else in touchdowns. Are, uh, I don't know if total yards, but he, he's up there. But, um, you know, he, he, he's got if, – if he comes out and he plays really well against Alabama, then – he should win the Hoffman Trophy. I just there's no way around that. Um, but it's I don't I I think Trask is going to be ready to play because he's just that kind of kid and he's going to try and get his team hyped up enough to win this game. But you know that they all know in the back of their minds that that they blew it that they they threw their entire season away literally threw it away and um you know i just i i don't think they bounce back from that and saban is gonna be completely prepared for that game so um you know try as they might they're gonna beat florida by. i mean i, I think they're gonna beat them by 24 points in that ESPN college football QBR rankings, Mac Jones still sits in first, Justin Fields in second, Matt Corral in third, Kyle Trask in fourth. And that's not to say who is is uh, leading the Heisman race, but that's where it sits as far as that adjusted QBR rankings. I mean, they should just put Justin Fields at number one. I mean, he's played a lot more games, you know. I guess a bunch of more quality opponents. Oh no, I'm just that's right. They've only played five games this year, and the one good team they did play, he threw three interceptions and would have got beat if they didn't run for a thousand yards against Indiana. I mean, how? I mean, at, at this point, I'd put what's his name at Vanderbilt, Kyle Schumer. I'd rank him ahead of Justin Fields at this point. At least he's got more games. <laughs> or Ken Seals. Let's use uh, someone Seals. that's actually yeah, playing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, Seals. Ken Seals, yeah. I mean, I would have more respect for him if they had him rated higher than Fields because at least the kid went out there and played every game. And, you know, he might have taken a beating along the way. But, you know, I don't know. Don't give me Y'all, started on are you Are you ready? Here's, here's, we, can, we can hit our – let me hit this – Let's let's close this out with our Heisman pick. Do we want to do that this week? Let's go ahead. Let's not the official pick. We'll do that next week. But I am leaning towards Devontae Smith. I mean, that's probably not. I mean, that's definitely not a bad choice. Um, Eighty-three yeah. catches, thirteen hundred twenty-seven yards, and fifteen touchdowns. 
Yeah, I mean, and this is just monster numbers, monster numbers, especially since, you know, he was not the primary target with, you know, he didn't become the primary target until Waddle went down halfway through the season. So what he did is, is pretty staggering. Um, I still have to go with my boy Trask, though. Um, he's, he's just, he's done it all season. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that he can at least get so get, three or four touchdowns under his belt against Alabama. But, you know, Alabama's going to score 94 points on Florida's defense. So, um, I, I still got to go with Trask as my oh, leader. I thought I thought Manning should have had it uh, back in his day, and he was robbed of it. So, oh, yeah. we're, going, we're going for the rob. <laughs> yeah, he, he wasn't the only one. Rex in- Grossman also got robbed. <laughs> back in uh, 2001 of the Heisman. So, yeah. In closing, listeners, I do have this this funny uh, group text to share with you here. Starting off with Luke sending a picture of what looks like some sort of uh, item from Daniel Defense saying, if you guys are looking for a last-minute <laughs> gift for me, I'll take this in a size large. Bradley then replies with, are you sure you don't need a new pair of football cleats? (laughs) (laughs) We'll leave the next text out as explicit for explicit reasons. (laughs) Brad says, come on, you know, that was a good comeback. Luke says, I am not disagreeing on that. I've had, I had just not thought about it for about nine minutes until you brought it up again. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) Brad. Uh, Bradley close out with a sorry, not sorry. This all happens in a span of about five minutes, in which <laughs> I missed every one of these texts, but I got to read it all together and just about had to go change out the Tommy Johns. <laughs> I, he couldn't stand it. He just had to get one last jab in, you know, just one last yes. twist of the knife, you know. Just not he knew he me. wasn't going to be on tonight to do it in person, so you know, for everyone to hear, so he had to just get it in there. Well, I mean, you got to take your beat. I mean, you know, you ride or die with your team, so you know, it is what it is. I got to sit here and take it like a man. So, Bradley, that was a good one. Sorry you couldn't be on here tonight with us. Hope to have you back next week. Listeners, we want to thank you for tuning in to episode 17. Remember to hop on over to SEC Fan Talk. Sign up to be a guest host. Uh, Get on this show. Get on a show of your choosing of your team. Whatever. We'll do whatever you need. Pop in to the shop and grab one of our hilarious shirts. We got to have a new Florida shirt with some cleats on it now. That'll be good. Yeah. Be sure to follow us on. Through the end zone or the field goals, the goal post. That'll be a good one. Be sure to follow us at SEC Fan Talk on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you again very much for listening in. Enjoy this week's games.